0: Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. In the heart of downtown, in fact, right at the corner of East North and North Main Street, lies a little shop where eaters can come together. The Spice and Tea Exchange has spices, sugars, salts, teas and in-house made spice blends that you can purchase starting at a half ounce and working their way up. They've even provided spices and the like to restaurants and food trucks. So you can get these in mass quantities if you need to, you can even have a proprietary blend of salt or spice made labeled and bottled for your special event, whether it's a wedding, a graduation party, whatever you've got going on just for you, they want to help make that an awesome favor for your event. So you can visit them, like I said, on the corner of East North and North Main downtown, or you can visit their website at spiceandtea.com slash Greenville. This is Yeah That Soccer Show. The completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at at YTSSPodcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again to another episode of Yeah That Soccer Show. It's time for episode 27. And I wish we could be coming to you with better news and a happier episode. But unfortunately, Greenville FC loses the season finale to enter Nashville away. And at the same time, our rivals up in Asheville get a victory on the road against New Orleans, projecting them into the playoffs and leaving us, unfortunately, going out earlier than we had hoped for the last time we chatted. But no worries, don't be sad, because we have a very, very special episode for you today. It's going to be a little bit lengthy, we went for over an hour talking to Marco and Richard Carrizales, uh, just kind of a recap of the whole season. And this is just going to be a little taste for something else we're working on. So I am not going to talk too much more. I want to get you right to the interview with Marco and Richard sit back, relax, enjoy. It may take you a couple a t- couple, uh, couple appointments to get all the way through this, but I think you will find that it is more than worth it. Thanks for tuning in and let's get to that, uh, that interview with Marco and Richard. Welcome back into another episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We're excited once again for, I think, maybe the third time to be joined by the Carrizales brothers, Marco and Richard. Guys, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, excited to be back.
0: So the season's over, uh, maybe a little sooner than some of us would have wanted or hoped for or expected, um, but the reality is we're, we're here. We're, we're at the backside of the season, so... I would love just to open it up and, and get your guys just initial thoughts on the season. Um, you don't have to go into too much depth because I'm sure we'll cover a lot here. Um, but just kind of your overall thoughts of, of how you felt like the season went.
2: Uh, I think coming in, um, building with kind of the condensed time frame that we had, it was you know, given to the staff kind of later than typical staffs have to build a roster, find talent, bring those players in, convince them to come to a city they've probably never heard of. Um, So I think from a team standpoint, we came in and we're a little shaky. I think it was growing pains that we went through the first couple games. But um, once we kind of figured out who played where, kind of the personnel who worked well with each other, um, I think it really clicked. And getting in towards the middle, kind of a little bit after the halfway through the season, we were really playing really well and getting results against good teams. And um, from a team standpoint, you know, we didn't make the playoffs, but it's not like we you know, we're kind of missed it by a landslide. We were in it to the last game of the season, so um, I think, from my standpoint, being a former player, kind of high level, I think with kind of the time frame that we had and the timetable, I think you know the guys did really well um, getting to know each other very quickly, meshing, and then kind of uh, you know with with the great support that we had, it was almost you had to play for the city and you had to kind of encompass the city you know really quickly, and that's sometimes tough to do. But I think, you know, they really did it well. So, you know, no playoffs, but for me, I think I'm happy. Very successful.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like something that Marco was saying, you know, just like the passion that the players brought to the club and the organization, having, you know, possibly never been to Greenville, never come from Greenville, and the the passion that the fans brought, you know, for a first-year organization and club was just, um, you know, such a, a really cool thing to see throughout the whole season. You know, no matter... Um, You know, we went through a stretch of maybe we lost the game, we are tying games, you know, everybody stayed with us um, throughout the whole thing, you know, win or lose, and and the fans and the supporters continued to reiterate that online, and that was, you know, just something that was really cool to see, and something that I know that really affected the players on an emotional level, that they really felt connected to the fans and to the city, and they weren't just playing for themselves, or for their own careers, or for their futures, but they are really bought in and were playing for an organization and a club and a fan base that supported them and that they that, that really cared about them um, and I know that was something that um, obviously you've seen on social media and then thinking everybody you know as they kind of depart depart ways um, you know now that the season has is over um, so yeah I mean you know everything from you know the the organization to how it was run to you know the supporters to the fan base to um, down to the the players and staff. I mean, it just I think we're we're both really just happy and and pleased at how everything went, um, and just really looking forward, obviously, um, to building in the off season. You know, if you, you can even call it an off season, um, and then already, you know, looking at to 2019, and, and um, yeah.
0: So we'll we'll walk through some some highlights and some specifics here in just a minute. But um, before we jump into kind of the rundown and walking through the season a little bit, I would love to know maybe each of you, one or two, like, high points of the season, like your highlight. If you're going to put your highlight reel together, what's the first thing you're you're putting in there?
2: Uh, I think a lot of people would say the first game, which definitely is up there for me, but... That's the first home game. The first home game, yeah. Yeah, the first home game, um, I think, for me, is really special, but I think there's so many moments up there that... You know, kind of can compete with that. I think when we played Chattanooga at home, Rexon's you know, 90th minute equalizer against a very good team, and certain teams you know, that we played against, it was kind of, I think, a little bit extra special for us just because some clubs in our conference we look up to, you know, like Chattanooga and Asheville, and you know, those clubs that have been around, well, Asheville's second year, but they've kind of already feel like they've been around for a long time. So some of those games were a little bit more special, and so I think that, that 90th minute Equalizer against Chattanooga was just the way the stadium erupted, and everyone was there, you know, until the 90th minute plus. I think we were down 1 0, but nobody really gave up. And that's kind of pointing to what Richard said about how, kind of, the fan base, you know, and supporters were so bought in. And that's what kind of drives, you know, the players who hadn't really no attachment to the city, some of them before. And I think that for me, kind of, that just like sticks out that know hearing that eruption and you know we have it on video and we can hear the eruption and it's just like it's kind of very surreal yeah
1: yeah i mean there's there's so many high notes like marco said i mean i think that obviously launching launching the club initially and and getting all the the groundswell and the feedback just even online um you know was something that was really really cool to see having not had uniforms or or merchandise out yet or players or even a, a coach but Um, just like the support that came out when we first launched Um, obviously the first game seeing all the the milltown operatives out there with the drums and and flags and just seeing the supporters group really come to life you know before our eyes was something really special Um, obviously the first win you know driving all the way down to new orleans um, you know under those conditions and and, uh, you know getting a really big win down there and i know that that was just like an exciting moment for everyone, you know, getting back on the bus and, you know, everyone was so amped up. And, and so that was a really, a really special moment too. And then, um, you know, the win away at Asheville, you know, having a really close connection with those guys and getting to go to their home and, and walk away with the victory was really, was really exciting. And then um, obviously coming home and, and then winning the Carolina Classic and finishing it off and, and hoisting the trophy. Um, I know that, that that's an image that will stick out in my mind for sure.
0: So let's uh, let's just start kind of early on, and we'll hit. I, I've, I have my list of highlights that uh, I want to just talk about, and, and some things that I hope maybe you guys can provide insight in from both from a, a vantage point that some of us weren't able to witness, but also just from the standpoint of you guys are are the the business owners, if you will. You have a vested interest in this team, in this, and the success uh, with the fans and the city. So there's certainly things you can speak into from your experience with these points that I think might illuminate and and even further excite some of us as fans that have lived through it on our end. So let's talk about that first home game. You show up, you, you really honestly probably have no clue what to expect. Is this is there going to be five people here? Is there going to be five hundred people here? Yeah. So talk about you know your your excitement over the crowd, the atmosphere, the energy. just the environment at Eugene Stone, like everything from that first home match from top to bottom, what you all experienced behind the scenes and and your anticipation and how you felt like it it came out ultimately.
2: Well, I think we were probably up till 4am and then we woke up at 6am. So it was like a big culmination of everything, you know, that we'd previously done kind of coming down to the night before it was almost like Christmas Eve. You know, you're like, we, we didn't really, we were at the office until two, Just kind of double, triple checking everything, and um, you know, we put up you know Facebook events, and obviously we're promoting the first game pretty hard, and so you you don't really have a like a a real sense of how many people are going to be there. So you know, Facebook numbers. It was kind of our first, I guess, event or game that we hosted. So you know, we saw okay, there's a couple hundred people that are going on Facebook to this, and we sold season tickets, so okay, it could be a decent crowd. But then, you know, we get to the stadium, we build it out. I mean, we get there before every game and help put up tents, everything, kind of build the skeleton of the stadium. And then, you know, we get back, make sure the refs get in, the other team gets in, make sure that everything's kind of in order, ambulance to food trucks to concession stand to kind of everything. And then you start seeing people trickling in and you kind of can't really – stand around and check out, all right, we got this many people here, but you're constantly kind of, you know, looking and seeing, and you're, you're seeing families coming and you're seeing, you know, one person, two people, big groups. And so, you know, I think as we continued kind of getting closer to kickoff, we were like, wow, I think basically two thirds, the stadium was full. And, you know, at that point, the Milton Ops had kind of made their way into the stadium. And so, you know, even that, I think we had always met with, you know, the Ops and, just got a real sense that there's a lot of people that want to be in this, you know, supporter section. But, you know, come game time, I think everyone was like, okay, what's it actually going to look like? But then, you know, they came in and with, you know, full drum corps and everything. And so we were just, like, pretty amazed. Like, we just looked at each other like, wow, this place is packed. There was 2,000-plus people there. And having played at Furman, that stadium had never been full before. So from a different perspective, it was kind of, crazy to see that there is that many people and um i mean it was just such an exciting game even though we lost but you know to the former conference champions who you know maybe you think oh, shoot they might just come in and walk all over us but i think you know playing in front of a crowd like that it gets the players amp so the whole culmination was it was pretty unreal um and seeing the attendance and the support and just it was pretty crazy we our dad parents were here so we all looked at each other and just like wow we're fully we're in this now
1: yeah i mean it it was you know the first game was really special and it's something i always say with event planning you know it's it's like you know planning a party and you know you never know who's if anyone's going to show up you know it's like you can put all the decorations up and set all the party favors and everything and then you know one person could show up or you know 300 could show up so it's it's always um you know, it's always a, a give and take. People can buy tickets, but then, hey, they maybe they don't even show up. Something happens, you know, life life happens and you can't make it or for whatever reason. So it's always kind of an estimated guess how many people are actually going to show up. Um, but then, you know, all the supporters, you know, found the you know, without even doing really any, any like sectioning, all the supporters found the exact spot, you know, that, that you know, we kind of hoped that they had gravitated towards. And then, um, you know, I know with even, like Malcolm getting that first goal out, you know, and all those really cool pictures that our photographer Blake Schultz got, you know, and I remember even talking to Malcolm after and asking, did you know Blake was there? Did you run over to the photographer? He's like, no, I just honestly like blacked out. I was so like amped up and excited. I just ran towards all the noise and uh, like that was really, really cool. And so, um, but yeah, it's like, you know, everything, you know, you can walk through something so many times and, you know, do the stadium walkthrough and playing the music and national anthem and, and, and all the way down, like he said, to the you know, concessions and, and merchandise and, and gates and everything. But until it actually happens, you know, um, you can only prepare so much. And then obviously having, having new staff and interns and game day staff that were helping out, that was obviously a first for them, too. It's like, again, we had walked through, but until the game actually started happening, um, you know, that was a, a first for a lot of people. So, you know, how, having it go so well... Um, And just hearing all the feedback. um, Yeah, it was just really, you know, really cool to see.
2: Well, I mean, planning everything, I think, you know, we obviously talk a lot about, like, you know, competition. Like, really, there was no drive game. There was nothing happening else in the city. But, and so people will think, like, okay, maybe there's nothing kind of competing against our game. But really, every, each game day, we're competing with downtown Greenville. Like, there's Falls Park. There's all these places, you know, you can go and spend your Saturday in downtown Greenville or elsewhere, and so to see 2,000 plus people show up, and then an average of about 1,700 kind of throughout the season show up to games was kind of just so unreal to us. I mean, we felt like we won. You know,
0: well, and even that weekend, you had uh, you had the Memorial Day shindig downtown yeah. going on. You know, I mean, there there was there was certainly. Artisphere, that's how yeah. oh, I do I know why yeah. You had Artisphere going on that weekend, so it was, there certainly was stuff going on. Yeah. It wasn't like there was nothing here, so yeah, yeah I mean, that's definitely, a, it was definitely good numbers to see at a first game. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, the first win comes on the road at New Orleans, the furthest you're going to travel. Walk us through as fans, we may not, not everybody may understand exactly what it looks like to, to go to a road game, particularly to one that far away. Are you driving down to yeah. New Orleans or?
2: Yeah, so we we have every away game we had a chartered bus, and so with New Orleans, it's it was kind of our weirdest trip just because it's so far. Because you can't really go down the day of; that would be pretty, you know, poor treatment to the players. And then you can't really drive back immediately after the game because you don't. Know, it's kind of poor treatment to the bus driver. So you know, we got we stayed there two nights. Game was Saturday evening, so we went down. Um, We probably left Friday morning around 10 a.m., got in New Orleans, drove all day, stopped a couple times to eat, um, got in, guys went to their hotel rooms, Um, you know, we woke up the next day, obviously the guys kind of go through their kind of formalities, breakfast, walk, stretch, basically they just rested all day, Um, you know, we have to make sure that there's enough snacks and making sure the guys are properly prepared, because was super hot, very intense heat down there and um you know really for Richard and I we we go along to make sure everything kind of goes smoothly but we don't really get involved in the kind of the preparation of the players that's that's the staff and the players do what they need so I think we went downtown New Orleans and kind of hung out during the day and but you know the guys basically all day are kind of in game mode getting ready and then you know you go to a stadium um that's you know the Jester Stadium and you get ready and it's very unfamiliar to a lot of these players and you're going up against a really good opponent so it's a long day of traveling it might not have been gotten you know shaken out of everyone's legs so they could still be feeling some of the travel but um the Jester's you know they have decent turnout there's probably 200 something people there I think us we were the only Greenville FC fans there and so um to see them, you know, compete against them, and just that first road uh, kind of victory was was pretty incredible, and it meant a lot to them because uh, after the game they all you know came up to us and started giving us the kind of supporters' clap. So um, yeah, it's it was it's definitely not an easy trip, but I think since we got three points, it was a great trip.
1: Yeah, I think from an outside perspective, those are always the weird ones because. Um, I know something that Marco and I joke about that, you know, he when he was younger and kind of in the elite FC Dallas system, they were taking trips to um, overseas and things like that. So, you know, myself and like my father, we always go tag along and we'd end up like on vacation. Right. Just watching the games and seeing the town. But then he's always like, oh, I never even got to see that city, you know, because I'm just like cooped up, you know, in a hotel room, just like kind of preparing, getting my mind ready. So it's always that kind of weird situation where. Um, You know, the players are, like, kind of just hanging around the hotel all day. They almost look, like, bored. You know, they're kind of sleepy. And you're like, man, I hope I, you know, from, like, almost from a fan perspective, you're like, man, I hope these guys can, like, get ready by game time. But obviously they're, you know, um, you know, they've done this before. They know how to get themselves ready. So then to get there and then, you know, come out. And I know something that we did that was Marco's idea was to. Um, we put out an email to our supporters group and had them write Get season ticket, um, or season ticket holders, Sorry, had them write notes or, or emails back to us um, directly to the players about you know kind of what the players meant to them and what the club meant to them. And this is only game two uh, of the season. And then you know we cut out those those strips and you know of paper and then um, you know put it in their in their kit bags you know on the way so. You know, when they're getting there, they're all the way in New Orleans. They get to the locker room. They're pulling out their jerseys, and they're seeing these, you know, notes from all the fans. You know, I really, I know it really kind of touched them, you know, emotionally. And you know, you could just see it in their play. Um, again, you know, like you said, it was a, it was really hot. You know, you're far away from, from home, um, but the it was kind of funny because some of the guys knew the guys on the other team too. So it's not always as unfamiliar because they're like, oh, I know that guy, I know this guy, like, and they're able to kind of square themselves up against certain people that they may have known or seen play before. Um, and then, yeah, we got, you know, they got an early goal on us, you know, we came back and we're attacking them, you know, really hard in the second half. Um, you know, we got the, the, the tie, tying goal, um, and then the the go ahead goal. Um, and then that was pretty much it. And it was just a, yeah, it was just a really cool, um, really, really awesome victory.
0: If I remember correctly, this is the match where, the, the game winning goal we didn't we as fans watching on the stream didn't see we were like and it was like it went away for a second it came back on and it was like wait a minute what did something happen and then all of a sudden like we realized oh wait we're winning this is yeah. awesome yeah. so yeah that that was definitely fun from from this end but but uh, I'm sure I'm sure it was very fun to see them score and kind of that was kind of a late goal and kind of feel this anticipation like oh man we we might pull this out this yeah. is great so. We're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors here at yeah, that soccer show. We're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us. And we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the wonder check realty group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B U C Z K O W S K I, or I am Brad B on Twitter, or you can check out his website, Brad.Selling-Greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wondercheck Realty Group. I want to talk a little bit about the, the Carolina Classico, Both legs there. Um, obviously, this is a you got to have a little bit of worry about. Is this is this too manufactured of a rivalry? But at the same time, even if it was, it didn't take long for it to turn into an actual rivalry. <laughs> yeah. You know, that first match, you you really just it, it, it's. It's tight. It's head to head. There's a lot of uh, college-aged athlete emotion Mm -hmm. getting there, especially towards the end of the match. Mm -hmm. Um, But but talk to me a little bit about what it's like to go on the road to to Asheville to to start this rivalry. What you kind of felt about uh, you know that's probably the game you had the most traveling supporters go to. Um, So talk a little bit about that leg, and then and then we'll talk a little bit about the, the the home leg here in just a little bit.
2: I think that's one that we always had circled on the calendar. Just, you know, we had not really, when we launched, talked about some kind of rivalry, name it, this and that, but we just said that's a game we're looking forward to because that was a place that I'd go to to kind of, you know, in the early stages do what I was saying was research and development, you know, talking to those guys and just going up and watching them play and seeing their atmosphere and their supporters group and, of trying to visualize like next year what would we look like playing here and so I was kind of one we always had circled on the calendar um, but then we have such good relationship with their you know ownership and front office and so we started talking about well how do we make this like bigger than you know just any regular game and I mean it makes such sense because they're so close to us so you know we're we're big on just kind of laying a foundation and seeing like what happens you know so we said well let's talk to them about a rivalry and let's name it and us and Ryan you know Jimmy and those guys we had talked about you know what let's maybe throw some names uh, you know around and think of some concepts for trophies and like what makes sense and then you know we I think it was Ryan who was just like well let, let you know let's let's bring the supporters groups into this and like see how we can kind of make that com- kind of you know combination and see where that goes and so which
0: I think is a really
2: unique. Yeah. I don't mean
0: to cut you off, but I think no. like it's such a unique thing that even when uh, I know I know the guys over at Soccer and Sweet Tea when they first heard about that mm-hmm. idea, they thought, "Man, this is really kind of a a unique and very cool thing." That I think you probably couldn't get away with at at a higher yeah. l- playing level. Yeah. Like I think this NPSL level, mm-hmm. this kind of Division Four type level, is really really kind of the the place yeah. that you can you can do that. And that was, that was a super cool idea.
2: Yeah, I mean we we had talked a lot about it and. You know, concepted, okay, what what makes sense? Because, you know, the supporters actually had a determining factor in who might have taken home the trophy. And so figuring out, okay, well, let's do maybe two events at each, you know, site. And what would those events look like? And we kind of left that up to the supporters to say, here's kind of what we're thinking, run with it and see where it goes. And um, I think, you know, so obviously that game had a little bit more kind of meaning, I think uh definitely because there was some hardware on the line and you know so when we you know get to Asheville it's I think the guys when they get off the bus they already you know they already know that Asheville gets a good attendance and so they're excited to play in front of a big crowd and especially because it means
1: something um yeah I mean the the players knew this was a big one for us I mean it's obviously like you said something we had talked about for a while and and knowing how close Asheville is, and, and looking at their club and what they've done in the first two years of their existence, and, and so everybody, you know, um, you know Lee and the whole coaching staff and the players just kind of all knew this was this was a big one. Um, and then, like you said, you know, I mean, it's you can manufacture a rival. I mean, you can design a logo, you can say, "Hey, we're rivals," um, but I think the coolest thing was, and, and not to like jump ahead, but was you know how close that. Our two teams came to be basically being okay, either it's you or us in the playoffs, right? At the you know, came down to the, the final minutes of, of the last of the second leg, you know, or the or post second leg, you know, of the season. So, um, you, know, you know, being able to kind of put that structure in place and let it really build organically, like a lot of things we've done. You know, is not put too many too much red tape or this or that on it, but just say, hey, look, here's what we want to do. Here's the platform. Now, everyone, let, let's hear your idea. Let's just build this and let's just see what, see what happens, you know. Um, and, and it, like, everything worked out so well and, and went, you know, really good. And, um, obviously, we got, we got a win there at their home and, and in our, at our home. But um, I think that was what was really cool about it, just how, how close it ended up coming down to in the, in the final minutes of the season. Um, and, and allowing that to now fester that that pain to, to, to grow you know and into next year and make that rivalry even bigger because now yeah we walked away with the Carolina Classico but then they knocked us out of the playoffs because they got a, a great away win down in New Orleans as well. so um, you know it, it's just you can't you can't manufacture that right yeah. I mean that, you just it just happens and um, I, I think that for me was like probably the, the coolest thing out of the, the rivalry just to see how how really real, I guess, it became.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think another part that contributed to that is that these two teams, I mean, you you could see it through two games, but even on paper, like, these two teams are very much alike, mm-hmm. very even, evenly matched, you know, I mean, it, it's really it's really uncanny that Greenville was able to kind of just just get the edge in both games, because really, it, it wouldn't have been a surprise for that to just be a push yeah. um, in, t- in terms of the two games, so mm-hmm. um, so let's talk about that the home side of that classico the the final home game of the year you you get in you, you're coming into that game you know Asheville's 3 points ahead of you mm-hmm. you know if you get a draw here or a loss you're you're yep. done yep. that's your season mm-hmm. so you have to get a win to, to even have a chance of getting in the playoffs and actually if you get a win you're going to jump Asheville and kind of take that playoff spot play, and that'll be the first time all season mm-hmm. you'll be in that playoff yeah. picture yeah. so Walk me through that game because I know just as someone who's been to all the home games this year, it wasn't the most people that have been to a game, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely the best atmosphere. I think part of that is you're growing into the season. The supporters group is coming together and finally kind of reaching their peak. Mm -hmm. Um, But just talk to me from y'all's perspective on that final game, what it it felt like just, just as you guys show up. And again, probably not really knowing what all to expect. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the games have been similar. We've had a lot of midweek games mm-hmm. towards the end of the season that have, one, been in the midweek, two, had weather issues. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of been, you know, the last few games leading into this one have kind of been a little eh, dicey. Mm-hmm. You're coming in this last game. You know it's a holiday, so, you know, that's probably going to impact you a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but but talk to me about what it what it's like for you guys there on July 4th.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, our, our, at least from the team side, I felt like we were really coming into form, you yeah. know. And so I know that obviously you know um player personnel wise and, and the way our team was was shaping up around that time i mean not to say we were confident but we were definitely like you know feeling good and then you know as far as you know um you know even jesus coming in and really making his mark and, and, and then obviously having a, an amazing game that game and um and just everyone really buying into that rivalry you know the guys knew that the trophy was on the line um we had already won at their home so all we had to do is you know get a result at home um and 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 then our supporters carried us through too. I think we won three out of the four supporters games. Or I think maybe, we swept them. We yeah, swept, it was yeah. a full so, sweep. So you know, even just looking at the the Carolina classical rivalry. But then again, like you were saying earlier, it's like I didn't want it to just be like, oh, well, we won. It was like you know that that's it. But you know, having such a good game, and then the atmosphere, and you know, uh, you know the flags, and um, you know, how, seeing how you know special it was to the. Um, to the guys to have their, you know, their home country flag, you know, down there on the on the side of the wall. And and then what I didn't realize actually was after the fact, looking at the pictures, that those flags were handmade, which was super cool um, because they didn't, you know, they didn't go out and just, you know, spend the money and buy flags. You know, again, it was like, um, you know, just even looking at your Paul the Wall TIFO, it, like, it almost felt like literal blood, sweat, and tears went into creating those TIFOs, you know, or those flags. It wasn't just you manufactured or bought from the store, but people actually sat there and spent their own dollars and time. And I know that that, that meant a lot to us and meant a lot to the, the players as well. Um, you know, it was cool hearing your, your story about talking to Malcolm and, and how he came down after seeing his flag, you know, made there. Um, so that was obviously really cool. Because he's literally um, packing to get on the plane the next day. Yeah. yeah. He's at home packing yeah. because he's about to fly out of the country. Yeah.
0: But he but that meant enough to him to say, Hey, I'm coming, I gotta come down. Yeah. You
2: know? yeah. Yeah, I mean I think it was it definitely for for me and I'm assuming Richard just felt like there was the most like passion from everyone in that game. Like obviously last home game, so you wanna perform well. I think it was last home games so was there's that kind of that, you know, sense of, okay, even from a supporter's perspective, we need to make this our biggest and loudest and best performance also so it was kind of like everyone wanted to kind of hit their peak in performance wise even us like you know put your best forward best foot forward you know in the last home game and um it you know it's tough we competed with july 4th like you know that's just the way our schedule kind of shook out and we didn't you know have fireworks that's kind of something we you know we're a little bit afraid of because you know there's a huge the biggest firework show in whatever south carolina and it right in greenville at 9 45 so we competed against so many things that day and yeah I, I think you know we still got close to 1400 people there which is you know okay it's almost funny to say like that's okay like well yeah you know, when other teams <laughs> yeah. were playing have 200 people <laughs> yeah. in the stands well, and they're well, like that's yeah. a good crowd well we're- even like planning this we're <laughs> like hey we're probably happy with like 800 people there and like i think we got a little spoiled so it's like yeah. even though we just got 1400 like that's still pretty incredible yeah. and so you know with The game was definitely too stressful for me like yeah it was awesome 3-2 victory but like just way too stressful to the end but nonetheless i think from actually getting to make it out to a tailgate and seeing everyone there because i had never been to one before uh just because we're constantly doing things up till game time but i made it kind of i need to get out there i need to see this and there's probably what 70 people out there yeah so much food i ate you know hung out for a little bit and then got to call it. somebody needed a pump and it was in my car, so I had to leave. And so, um, you know, I think it was just like the, the kind of everyone's peak performance. You know, I think the tailgate was incredible. There was a band there. Like that's pretty, yeah, that was pretty great. insane. I mean, Cause
1: we had talked about even like bidding on like, Hey, maybe we should like, we could get like a band or like have a DJ out there. And then like, it was almost like the supportive group beat us to it. They're like, Hey, we got a band. Like, we're like, Oh shoot. You know, this is amazing. You know? So, like you said, it was like everyone was kind of like hitting their peak, and then, like you said, it was almost like you wanted those, you wanted to keep going, right? But then it's almost like that that show or that movie or that thing that like leaves you hanging at the end on a high note. So, you know, it's like we're already really like amped up about next year because it wasn't like it ended on on like a downward slump. It's like we ended on like the best possible note that we could have ended on with the home win and the Carolina Classico and. And the tailgate and the, the the passion from the supporters and and it really just like ended on that that high note um, and I know that'll that'll propel us and definitely carry us I hopefully into next season.
0: So two questions specifically about this match mm-hmm. that I want to ask your guys' thoughts on one. You all knew we were doing a tifo, mm-hmm. but you had no clue what it was. Yep. So what was it like <laughs> to experience that from from a supporters group that you know? We we're trying to round into form a little bit too. You know, we we we. It was all we could do to stay afloat really for most of the season and get organized enough. But this last home game, like you say, you know, fans want to go all out. They want to make this the best it could be. So they they put together this tifo. Uh, and, and yes, we've been clowned about it a lot since because ultimately it didn't didn't quite work out in our favor. It, it did that game, but yeah. but then it ultimately. But but what was it like for you all to experience that as as? You know, owners and having this investment in this team to stand back and say, Hey, this last game, the supporters are going out. Loud. Look at this, look at this pretty, yeah. pretty witty Tifo, if I yeah. say so myself.
1: At least for me, I know that was something that I had like kind of dreamed of. You know, is I, looking at the clubhouse, you know, I told him from the beginning, I said, Man, it would be so cool. Like, that's the ideal spot for it. You know, the dropping of a Tifo. You know, you go up there to the top of the balcony and, and drop it down. But I thought the three part one was really unique and cool because I was thinking, okay, just like a really massive one and you just kind of drop it and let it hang and roll it back up. Um, but then just seeing like the, the three different ones and, and really like the, the time that was spent into like almost like even measuring those spaces and, and having multiple people there to, to drop each one, you know, and then, um, you know, uh, Brian on, on the music with the, the sirens coming, <laughs> coming in was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I don't know for me it was really cool I thought it was really well done you know it looked really it looked really good you know Um, you know obviously sometimes from afar if it's handmade it can be hard you know to read but like the art was really really cool and it almost had like that deeper meaning I don't I didn't even realize like the the meaning behind the, the whole Thanos thing and the disintegration of like the the NPSL with the the, pulling or, it the, towards, them. yeah, pulling it, <laughs> letting the dream, their dreams fall away. Like you said, in the end, it kind of went. I guess it went their way as far as the playoffs go. But um, yeah, know, that it was, was kind of my take. But yeah, I,
2: I was like right there. I made an effort to be in this spot that I could see it drop. So yeah, it was incredible. I mean, I think it. It was. Yeah, it was super cool. It had so much meaning, just especially just the whole culmination. It being Asheville, it being the last home game. You know, it was if we lost no playoff mm-hmm. possibilities. If they won, they would have been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, it just had so much meaning and just the whole experience, just that that game was just peak. So, the the
0: one other thing I want to ask about this game is and I know that this has happened a little bit throughout the season, but it felt like it felt like on this night, on a on a Wednesday night, everybody's had the day off, but everybody's got to go back to work tomorrow. And yet the game's over and there's this sense of like, people don't want to go home. Like people want to just, they want to stay there on the field. Mm -hmm. They want to, they want to just be there and kind of soak it up. What was, what was y'all's experience with that? The post-match on July 4th? Uh,
2: I think after every game we try to just be good, uh, tenants, I guess, and just get our stuff wrapped up as quickly as possible and get out. But I think for us, it was, we hung around a lot more than we typically do. Um, And, you know, we got a trophy, so there was a lot of, like, photo ops with players and everyone taking pictures and just talking to people and just really kind of, you know, almost like a... Yeah, there was that sense of, well, we don't want to leave. We want to stay here (laughs) all night. I wish we could have done, like, a season wrap party right there on the field. But, you know, it was... um, Yeah, I mean, for us, it was... I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of emotions for sure. I think that game was so tense, so almost you're like exhausted at the end of it, but you just continue to stay around and talk to people and just kind of to see the support. I mean, the picture that we posted after the game and I think it was a video, it was just everyone going nuts together. It was everyone and players and little kids and mm-hmm. the coaching staff and us and the trophy. And like in that one video was like kind of embodied our season, just mm-hmm. showing how much support we had. It was-
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think that it was, uh, you know, just like the the passion that really came to life i know that we had joked about it you know almost felt like the end of the season like we had almost like we had we'd had won the conference or something like you know because the, the emotion that i think everyone had was you know it was almost like the thing it was almost like it was over people were thinking us and and we were thinking everyone right. it was like this you know really like the community had grown over the course of the year kind of that that culmination of everyone just you know, there was just a lot of love. You know, I guess in a sense, you know, everyone was just really feeling the love. You know, that they're, you know, thanking the players and, you know, for, you know, giving their all to the city and for, you know, for the club and, you know, people were thanking us. You know, it's it's like you, you know, sometimes you can get so focused and almost have horse blinders on that, you know, you don't, you know, not able to take a step back, and realize the success. You know, I was even watching, you know, some like Moneyball and. You know, he was talking about how, you know, even, you know, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball and how, you know, you can hit a home run without even realizing it. And, and that was just like that moment, I think, for, for all of us to, for everyone to really kind of take a step back and kind of realize how far, you know, the, the club and the team and everything had come, you know, up to that, that moment. And then with it, like being the last game was, you know, was really special too. So, um, you know, it was definitely, definitely a, a, you know, experience to remember for sure.
0: So I've done my best to to hit highlights um, but i do I do feel like it's it's valuable to to talk about the last match mm-hmm. when we're in international and all of us back home can't watch the match, which <laughs> is the most frustrating thing yeah. in the entire world yeah. so you guys are you guys are there you're trying to do your best to keep keep all of us as fans updated mm-hmm. um, obviously, we get that early goal and if you feel good about it yeah. but just walk me through. What you all are feeling in that match as time goes on? we we've got a lead for a while, the, you know. Second half, we we go back down. Mm-hmm. We tie it up there at the end. Are you guys aware of what Asheville's doing during that time? Are you keeping up with them? Uh, yeah. And then how like that just yeah. stoppage time goal? Like
2: what what the what the feeling was in that moment? Well, it was my first time live tweeting, so sorry if it wasn't <laughs> great. But we were consistent, you know, constantly checking on all the results because it was somebody would go up a new table would come out on Twitter and we'd be like okay well maybe if we win we go here if this result holds you know maybe we're out so we're constantly looking at it and yeah we go up early playing really well very dominant the first half going to halftime I think everyone's feeling good like confident come out in the second half and it's a whole you know each half you you don't really it's hard to sustain momentum through a halftime so it's basically a new game up one zero. up 1-0 about 15 minutes of just very wide open play like nobody really grabbed hold of that momentum and so um they get one back off a of deflection which unfortunate but it happens and still kind of an open game and then uh they made some subs did you know had some formation change that kind of uh kind of helped them out and so they you know went up and i think when you know we're up uh or down two one we're still constantly checking what's going on elsewhere and I don't know. I mean, there's a, a feeling of. uh, I was kind of just like confident the whole time, you know, whatever happened, but just you know, getting towards the end when we tied up, and then that just was like, all right, we're getting into the last ten minutes of this game now, ten plus stoppage time, last fifteen minutes of this game. Here's you know, we're when we're really seeing. I know, know they didn't stream, so the fans couldn't see it, but like truly to see the guys like. 'Cause they know what position they're in, they need to win. Like they obviously don't know the other results, but they need to win. And so to see the last fifteen minutes, like everyone just whoever was playing whatever position, like, all out, like the most passion I've seen. And so you're sitting there thinking, All right, we're gonna get one back, surely, something good's gonna happen. If not, we'll tie and see what else happens. But, you know, we're we're, we're playing so hard, we're in the stands, and it was us two and uh, you know, just of hanging around checking results and then 93rd minute they get a goal back after we had just a number of chances that just didn't go in the back of the net we couldn't find it and so um, I think at the end everyone just kind of was there a little stunned um, kind of like you know you see Messi when he gets uh, in the World Cup when they get knocked out he just, just kind of looks stunned and he stands there doesn't really know what to do that was kind of how we all were. Um, and then, you know, we make our way onto the field. Everyone kind of gets together, and the one thing Lee kind of did was made sure everyone got together and basically just talked about, you know, w- w- nobody should feel disappointed right now. But We didn't get stomped on. We didn't, you know, nothing. International has, you know, USL loanees that they got. So to to compete and to play basically 95 minutes of, Really good soccer, really passion-filled soccer, and then um, kind of knowing that your season's over. Just a lot of guys, they really fell for the city, they really fell for the club, they really fell for kind of everything that Greenville FC became. So, you know, they're kind of thinking about that, like, oh, you know, it's, you know, it's it's kind of done for you know this go around, and so. But we obviously not a said i mean yeah you want to get in the playoffs but i think thinking back at least for me it was such a success that we weren't not in playoff contention at the last game and honestly towards the 80th minute it was kind of cool for me because it felt like i was in a real like relegation battle like in the epl like in these europeans country you know i thought like wow this this is i actually told i think richard i was like this is I imagine what we're feeling right now, but, like, if your club is about to get relegated, yeah. you know, to championship level, like, how you feel, you know, so, it was honestly cool experiencing that, and
1: uh, it's not cool to lose, but I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just, it was a tough one for sure, I mean, you know, uh, you know, it's, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough game, they're obviously a tough opponent, you know, there's obviously been a lot of chatter about, um, you know, some guys that they had brought over from, you know, Nashville SC, um, you know, new MLS franchise going up. Um, you know, and then when you get there, you know, it, it is actually is a, you know, the, the field is a bit smaller almost. It's, it, it seems a bit thinner and tighter, so um, there's a lot of aggressive play going on, and people are just ripping shots left and right, so it's almost like you feel like anything can happen, you know? I mean, there's just, the play is really fast. You know, it's almost like Um, you know on a uh, you know and so it was just it was really good going into that first half you know with that one zero lead but um, you know you could see that they were you know going at it with each other and they were obviously weren't happy with the way that they were playing and so you knew they were going to come out you know come out firing in the second half and um, they just kind of caught a quick seven eight minute time span where they just uh, I wouldn't say, like, caught us off guard, but, you know, they just got, you know, got two goals in and were really coming at us. And then, um, like Marco said, yeah, we were, you know, really really pushing and really driving hard in that that last game, you know, the last 10, 15 minutes. And I swear I thought we were going to get one. We had a number of chances, you know, get deflected and blocked. And um, and then, uh, you know, obviously one of their kind of their star forwards who, you know, we knew from the first game, uh, um, a guy named Chuka, I believe, um, but, you know, he came in as a, as a big presence, you know, so we we were kind of, you know, obviously worried about that, you know, it's getting later in the game, you know, you have some tired legs, you know, you kind of get this guy in fresh, he's running right at your defenders and then, you know, he just got one, made a really nice play, touched the ball twice and just slammed it near post and and then, um, you know, again, yeah, like he said, we were just everyone was kind of stunned and, you know, I know we walked on the field and Gregson came up to me and asked, you know, what was the score of the actual game and, you know, I told him that, you know, they had won and you could just see like the, you know, almost like the defeat on his face, like, oh my gosh, like how, you know, how could this happen to us? You know, we were there and we had it and, and it was like, it was ripped away from you. So, um, but then like you said, you know, once we got back on the bus, you know, there was really no hard feelings. You know, everyone was, if anything, you know, everyone was exhausted, but I think the guy stayed up probably longer than they ever have on the way back home. You know, everyone was just up and talking and, and chatting and hanging out and you could just tell the there's just a lot of good vibes on the bus, you know. Guys that had really grown close to each other and built relationships with you know each other in the club. And, um, and you saw saw the tweets started to come out even on the way back home. Was you know from from some of the players about you know the you know football can be cruel, you know. And um, but you know we're really excited for for next year and what we built this year. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a tough one. But um, you know I don't think at all we felt coming home like we had our heads down. If anything, you know we were. Proud of what we accomplished and I'm proud of the guys and, and how everyone performed and played and and yeah.
0: Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're excited to continue our partnership with Uptown Poor, part of the Uptown Company, along with their sister organization, Uptown Catering. Hey, if you are looking for food or beverage catering for your next event or party, make sure you go check them out. You can go to Uptown Poor Co com, Or if you want to see and visualize what you're going to get for your money, go over to Instagram and follow them at The Uptown Company. You can see all of the great things they have on offer. Thanks again to Uptown Poor for sponsoring, yeah, that soccer show. So you don't have to go into a lot of detail here because I think you've probably hit a lot of the reasons. But I'll just ask you really quickly, was, was the season a success in your eyes?
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, no no doubt about it. Definitely a success. I mean, I think for us organizationally, like, right, there's little things that, you know, we've even met with our staff and are, like, going over, hey, you know, what are some things we did right? You know, where are some of our weaknesses as far as, like, from, even from our staff, like, where do you see we can improve? You know, what are some opportunities, you know, things we can do better? So, I mean, obviously um, everything was amazing, you know, and, and we just want to continue to you know, approve on all those things next year, and just you know, make minor tweaks to make things better. And um, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a huge, huge success for you know, in my in my eyes, and I feel like a lot of a lot of people felt the same way as well.
0: So we got a lot of good questions. Um, we're not going to answer every question, and honestly, we'll do a little rapid fire. Okay. Um, but just a couple of couple of questions, I think that that are. Good one. So, our friend Goose asked, like, what were the challenges this season that, like, kept you guys up at night? Like, what were the things you you worried about the most from week to week?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it was before the season. Um, You know, obviously, there's a fundraising aspect to building the club, and we're we're a startup. So, that aspect of kind of the final push to getting into the league honestly kept me up a lot, because... Um, that was kind of that final round of where, you know, can we get this kind of extra additional funding that we need? How, how do we, you know, get into the league? Are they going to approve us? That I just basically do this for seven months and, you know, have it not pan out? So I think basically leading into being granted expansion was probably when I stayed up the most. But we definitely didn't sleep, like, at all during the season. But that was just for, I mean, we... You know, Pack jerseys, we had to do you know laundry, which for some reason a lot of people are so fascinated with that we did the team's laundry, but yeah, yeah, we did, so that's not a big deal to us, and I think a lot of it for me at least what kept me up at night was before we actually were expanded into the league. Um, but I mean obviously, there's nights like before the first game, you know kind of the worries of are we gonna be ready for this like big crowd or not big crowd, are we gonna be ready? are we prepared? Um so those those things definitely keep you up, but um for me at least it was definitely kinda of before we even got into the league kept me up a lot. Yeah,
1: I mean for you know, obviously for me operationally, you know, thinking about kind of like almost your your game day checklist of things, you know, do I um you know, has Lee sent me the, the eighteen man roster, you know, do we have the right numbers that associate with those? You know, is everything packed and ready, or is every you know we have things charging does our staff you know know exactly where they need to be you know all, all those little things basically the day before and then um you know the night of it just kind of like carries over like you feel like anything when you lay down you just like can't go to sleep because you have so many things racing through your head and you're almost like a kid on Christmas you know you're energetic you just kind of can't wait to to get to the next day so um kind of like everything and just like almost like that that kiddish excitement for just ready for that the game to get there and for the, everyone to show up and um, and just for everything to take place. I felt like it was almost like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of anticipation. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, the player's health, making sure they're healthy, they have everything that they need to, to go out there and perform. Um, so I wouldn't say there was any like one particular thing. It's, at least for me, it's kind of just a culmination of, of everything and the, the excitement of everything that really at least kept me up the night before. And then Obviously, before the Asheville game, um, you know we stayed up really late analyzing every possible scenario. Before oh, okay. the Nashville game, we stayed up analyzing game. every possible scenario of the playoffs. We had it on the big screen, and we casted and we're, the, the table so. onto our TV, and we were up
2: till probably like three a.m. Basically, typing out every scenario mm. that could happen.
0: Um, so, Joe Montour wants to know about. S- squad this is a question that's going to come up with a team like this you know you got a lot it's a summer league you got a lot of college players what what kind of and as fans you get you get attached to these guys obviously um inevitably there's going to be some squad turnover some of that's going to be great sometimes you get a Malcolm Frega who signs a you know a contract to play in a in a top tier division like that's amazing yeah. um and then you'll have guys graduate and move on and, and, and play at different levels, and that's what you ultimately want. This mm-hmm. is kind of a developmental-type league. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there any – should we expect to have any or some of these players back? And part of that could be, um, like you said, a lot of these players are expressed, kind of falling in love with this town and this mm-hmm. fandom. Um, have you heard any, any – you don't have to give specific names, but have you heard any players kind of say like, hey, we're – we're planning to come back next summer. Or we're hoping to come back next. Yeah, year. I
2: think you'll see a lot of familiar faces next season. I think definitely with building team camaraderie, it'd be tough to build with a new team each each you know season each summer. And so, um, a, a lot of people. I mean, we had you know guys that were not even in college; they're in in Greenville working now. And so, we even want them back, obviously. And I think for some of these guys, I mean, I, being a former player, it's you, there's only like 40-something clubs that you can go to and play professionally in the United States. Um, so combined with MLS and USL, I mean, there's really not that many. So to continue to play and develop and try to get your opportunity, you look for clubs. And so being kind of thrusted into the forefront now that we have such a big following and, you know, if people have seen what we've done and accomplished, you know, I think people want to come back here, even if, you know, they're getting a job in Greenville when they're playing and still like you know trying to, to continue their careers because you can't just be a professional soccer player in the U.S. it's, it's tough you, you do other things as well so um, you'll see a lot of familiar faces a lot of guys want to come back we want a lot of the same guys back um, but you know Lee and staff are continually finding okay what's going to be that X factor to combine with this strong core that we have so you um, and, you know, I think it's important for kind of the supporters to, to see those familiar faces sure. and to really continue that, kind of putting that face to the organization.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been really cool. I remember, like, one of the first times one of the guys almost asked, like, joked to me, like, almost like, uh, yeah, if you take me back next year, kind of like, you know, almost like that kind of signaling, like, I want to be back, like, almost like if you'll if you'll have us again kind of thing. And then that, that kind of hit me in a weird way. I remember the first time I heard that was like, well, you know, but it, I think it was like the the true humbleness and the character of our players that they were just, you know, we got a group of really really good guys. I mean, on and off the field. I mean, character-wise, um, you know, like you said, they just really fell in love with the city, um, and the supporters and, and the organization, and and uh, you know, a lot of people have expressed to us that you know they want to come back next year and continue to build upon what we started. And then um, I think you'll you'll be excited to see you know. Um, obviously with, with the presence that we've created, you know, uh, you know, online, I mean, social media, um, allows you to reach a lot of people, right. And, and we've created a pretty wide reach for ourselves. And so, I mean, during the season, you saw us bringing in new, new pickups, um, you new, know, new signees, you know, they were, they were coming over, um, to the club because they saw what we were doing and they were talented enough to come join the squad. And then, um, you know, now with that, that whole year off, I mean, um, Building up, like Marco said, taking that really strong core group that that we do kind of expect to come back next year, and then you know bringing in those those additional pieces that um, you know are going to really really make the team thrive next year. I mean, you know, when you come in first year, I mean, you can understand everything about the league and kind of how teams build, but then until you really see it for yourself firsthand, you just don't really know maybe exactly what you might need. Um, and so now, having gone through a whole, a whole season and kind of seeing what, how the other teams build and um, kind of how our, our team and club squared up against everyone else, um, you know, I thought it was, we had a lot of close games, you know, it could have gone a lot of ways either time. So I mean, I thought we had a great squad, but then again, I, you know, we want to continue to get better. We want to bring championships home. You know, we want to win the conference. We want to go on to the, the playoffs. We want to contest for a national championship, you know, and so, you know, we have to continue to improve year after year. Um, but I know that I'm confident that we have the, the right personnel and staff to do so. Well, you even had you, – you,
0: I, I think having a fan base like you do is also going to be attractive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you even had some fans on some of the teams we played who even commented about, man, it might be nice to play for a fan <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, Not saying any names, Jack Gurr, but I'm just saying <laughs> might be on the Jack Gurr Jack to GVL train. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> What are the chances that we see a uh, speaking of young professionals playing uh, on the team? what are the chances we see a Carrizales out on the field next season?
2: Uh, a lot of people have asked that <laughs> well who are you referring to me e- either one <laughs> uh, a lot of people have asked that um, uh, i don 't know i 've trained with the, I trained with the team on Fridays you know when we knew kind of who is on the 18, obviously. They have a light day. The other guys, they go through a rigorous session. So I like to throw my hand into the mix, and I was asked once or twice to play, but I don't know. I think for me, it's there needs to be some sort of separation, sure, at least. Yeah. But I'm also way too busy on game days and during the <laughs> week to worry about my personal fitness anyway, so sure. I think I could go
1: 20, 25 minutes maybe. Yeah, I say that, semi, I say that <laughs> semi-joking, but, uh, you know, we, we, would, we would pull for you. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's slim to none, but, I mean, I think that, you know, maybe he's not as in shape as he should be. I mean, he could – but I, I think that – I think it goes – the respect factor goes a long way from the players to, um, you know, obviously I'm a bit older, you know, but, you know, to him as a, as a player being drafted – um, you know they know that they're in they're in good hands you know they know that um, you know they know that they're playing for someone that, that has been in the game at, at all levels and high levels and and knows what it takes to get there um, so it, you know there, there's always that kind of that, that level of respect that they show to marco and to us and to the staff of, you know that um, that we're taking care of him and, and giving them really good training and you know a lot of the guys have expressed that that you know they felt they've they've really grown a lot this this season, really developed a lot, and they are going to go into their, you know, fall seasons and, and get better and come back better. And again, like you said, I mean, it's, you know, we want to provide that platform for everyone to, to take the next step. And and, and like you saw with, with Malcolm Frago, you know, getting called into the U23 national team directly from our team, um, you know, not saying we trained him before then or got him to this point, but I definitely think that the presence that we gave him you know, allowed for them to say, "Hey, look what this guy's doing." You know, we need to bring him in, and then from there, you know, getting signed. I mean, that—that's, you know, those are the success stories that we love to see. And I mean, um, you know, I think you'll see some big things from, you know, Jesus Ibarra. You know, he, he's going to be, I think, moving on to do some pretty big things here pretty soon. So, um, definitely, you know, just providing that that platform for everyone, and um, you know, it was just—it's been—it's been really great. So, this is something that maybe you guys
0: don't have in the pipeline or maybe haven't even thought about or maybe aren't even ready to think about but there's some folks asking some questions about looking to our our neighbors to the north Asheville City and in their second year they launched a women's team I know people are just hungry for soccer is that something y'all have considered are considering maybe
2: someday in the future I think for us it's right now um, you know we're technically in the off season but I keep telling people that we're like Richard and I are now in our on season, you know, we're we're in season right now kind of, cause during the season we don't really, you know, have time to, to kind of think about, okay, what's next? How can we bring these people in? And so like we're evaluating a lot of things and we're obviously something I took from, you know, Ryan Kelly, I heard from him, I think if he's on soccer down here, when they were talking about their women's side was if you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. So, basically we take that to heart every day right now and we're figuring out, well, what's, what's our growth look like? You know, Asheville's a different city than Greenville is. Um, You know, he, Ryan's always talking about women's team and, you know, what's next. And so, I mean, that's something we'll have to look at and it's just figuring out, does it work for us right now? Does it, you know, is it going to be too much to take on Um, or, you know, what have you, what's, what's basically that, that next step for us is really what we're kind of in right now. So, I guess it doesn't really answer anything for anybody, but we're in that stage of figuring out what's our next that's, kind of business. That's a,
0: that's a... It's not necessarily on the table, but it's not necessarily off the table. Yeah. It's just kind of
1: there. Yeah, it's yeah. there. We'll say it's there. Yeah, I mean, i definitely say the, the talent levels here, right? I mean, the talent level is in the area. I mean, you saw what even Asheville did with their team going you know, uh, you know nine right? I think they went undefeated or maybe lost one game, and um, Man, it was cruel for them. They didn't even make the playoffs because they only do like a conference champion makes the playoffs. So I know that was a heartbreak for them, basically going almost undefeated all season and not making the playoffs. But um, you know, I, so yeah, like Marco said, we're you know we're evaluating a lot of things. I mean, uh, people ask us every day about you know what's the next step. You know, you could you know women's team. You know, you you know youth. What you know uh, this and that. And, you know i know some some clubs have you know u23 teams you know like reserve type team you know developmental you know so there's so many different things you could do i mean like like marcus said, i think it's just you know we're going to meet with with our our supporters and everyone and kind of figure out um you know obviously we hear a lot of what people want but you know very strategically you know what is that that next step um obviously we're going to be doing a lot in the community in the off season so you'll be seeing a lot of uh, events and Um, You know, clinics and different things, just really engaging with, you know, various, um, you know, geographic areas around Greenville and around the community and and really getting plugged in and and giving back, you know, now that we have some some time to do so. You know, we're not so kind of tight in the season. It's really kind of hard to almost do anything else besides focus on game days, but really be able to do all those other things that that we've kind of talked about and really just continue to build our community and to continue to build the fan base and, um, really just kind of grow everything and um you know if a women's team is is the right is the right move for us then you know then we'll we'll make that that jump and and luckily you know we have a lot of great partners in the npsl that have made that jump already and um you know are are very willing to you know kind of give us any pointers and and um kind of if we were to make that step
0: so you you guys have we've gone a long time we're at at an hour Um, but um, so I don't want to belabor it too much because people will be like turning this off already (laughs) Um, but I wanted to give you guys just an opportunity to just kind of wrap up the conversation wrap up the season any parting words you want to you want to pass on to the fans through the podcast Mm -hmm. this is a this is an open an open floor just to kind of tie a bow on everything
2: Um, I don't know it's weird I don't feel like we're tying a bow on. I think it's we're going to be so active, really, right now. And I mean, I guess from a playing standpoint, yeah, we tied a bow on it, and it's for us it was such a great season, um, such good, you know, players, but more importantly, good people that we've now grown relationships with, and we're, you know, around almost their age, so it's, it's more so me and then you know, just really like making new friends and stuff. I mean, it was incredible, and it's sad to see. You know, guys, kind of returning to where they were, and you know, we'll see you soon. But we're planning on already visiting all them, you know, at their respective, you know, colleges or wherever they're playing, going to see them. A lot of our guys are actually going to be facing each other this this fall season, so we're already planning those. But um, I think you're going to see a lot of you know action from us this this fall, and really, we're thinking about our off season from now until December Um, because after december we ramp up into our season already making player announcements who's returning you know tryout season that's kind of our our, in the spring that's that's a bulk of where we're going to find our talent and that's that's the soccer time so really our off season we're thinking of it as from now to december when really it's not going to be an off season per se we're going to be you know very active in the youth uh community and Um, just very active in the event space and just very active in general and kind of figuring out where we're positioning ourselves so um, parting words from the podcast
1: we'll we'll see you soon (laughs) yeah I'll just say you know thank you Um, you know believing in in a first year club and organization from from the very beginning Um, and then you know all the way up until some you know till now um, and to how far we've and how far we've grown and how much more we still have to do um but just thank you to everyone that contributed their time and and effort and um you know and and money into paying for flags and tifos and different things that you know that we didn't we didn't buy you know that was bought by the fans and by the supporters and paid for by you know out of their own pockets from people that just really cared about the club so um you know just thank you for that because like we said on the 4th of July, like any game, you know, you could be anywhere else in the world doing anything else with, with your time and family and money. But, you know, people chose to spend the, their 4th of July with us, to spend their, their weekends, weekdays with us and with the, with the club. And, um, you know, we don't take that for granted. And, and so, um, you know, we're going to do everything that we can to continue to give back to this community and that the community that that gave us, you know, so much, um, And we're just, you know, already looking forward into, you know, the next thing to come from us. So, you know, be on the lookout for, you know, we're going to have a a World Cup viewing party at the Marriott, um, you know, courtyard on, on Sunday. So that'll be fun. Um, you know, we would already talk with them. So we're going to have, you know, maybe a little music, some, um, some bago, maybe a little, a little soccer out there, you know, some, some drinks and stuff. So, you know, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun just to continue to bring everyone together. Um, obviously we're going to be, um, launching our, our season wrap party date soon, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and so that'll be really cool just to kind of, you know, hear the, hear the you know, hear from Coach Squires, you know, and, and kind of his, you know, obviously his take on, on the season from a coaching perspective and, um, and, and so, yeah, be on the lookout for those things and um, yeah, just thank you again and like Marco said, we'll see you soon.
0: Well, thanks for giving us your time today, jumping in again. Uh, we just we're grateful for all you guys have done for the community. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I cannot thank Richard and Marco enough for giving us over an hour of their time this week to record just kind of this quick retrospective on the season. I hope that you've been able to enjoy it. Hey, if you've enjoyed it, why don't you share a little love? Tell us Uh, Tell your friends who are interested in soccer about the show. Hey, this is not it. This is the end of the season, but this is not it for the podcast. We're going to move into the fall and look about trying to get a little creative in ways we can create some new content. We're going to be covering just maybe very lightly some local college soccer, uh, Furman and Clemson, both men's and women's teams. We're going to try to cover them with a broad brush uh, from week to week. And we've got some other things in the works that I think you're going to get really excited about a little pulling the curtain back behind this first season for Greenville FC. So make sure you stay tuned, follow us on Twitter, uh, and we will be back with a new episode for you all very, very shortly. Hey, thanks for all you do. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to see you next time.